You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Was Mavar. It is a period that people, there are weddings that are happening now. Uh, we've talked about some of the laws of, uh, and, and halachos and eitzos about how chasana should happen. During Corona, things are a lot different, of course. One of the questions that comes up is now that they're social distancing, social distancing, um, the Sheva Brochusen are much, are much smaller. And the idea of inviting uh, brand new people to the Sheva Brochus is incorrect. And yet the wedding is going on. What about the fact that you are making, you're trying to have a meal, you're social distancing, it's only the bubble of the Chosan and the Kala's family, but you don't invite any new people and you don't have enough people to have a new, you don't have a new person to say Sheva Brochus. What's the halacha? So, um, if you look in Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch does say clearly that if there are, even though there are 10 people, but there aren't Panam Chadoshas, you don't make the Sheva Brochus, although you do make the one Brocha, Asher Bora. You make Asher Bora, so the last, the special long Brocha, that Brocha you make. But the other six Brochas you don't make. Um, and even Asher Bora, there needs to be at least three males uh, above the age of 13, including the Chosen. Now, another halacha, Rav Diner points out, is that, of course, Sheva, to even make that brocha, Asher Bora, a special brocha after benching, there needs to be a real meal. They can't just have some sushi. It has to be a suda that has bread in it. And of the three people, two of them have to have actually washed for bread. Now, um, also, that if we're talking about people who are there and you're trying to uh, make at least the one special brocha, Asher Bora, which again, you're not going to say all Sheva Brochas, but at least you'll be able to have one special brocha for the Chosen and Kawa. You need, Rav Dunur says, someone who's there who's usually doesn't show up. And he's here specially for Simchas Chos and the Kala. He doesn't have to be Panam Chadoshos. In other words, he doesn't have to be someone who wasn't at the wedding. But in order to make, in order to, and again, just for everybody to understand, you're not going to have Sheva Brochus. Why? You don't have the people. Is it a special event that celebrates the wedding? Yes. Is the event indicated as being special because you're making the beautiful bracha at the end? Yes, but there are certain preconditions. And one of the conditions is at least one guest has to be someone who usually doesn't eat here. Now he doesn't, Rav Dunir says, he doesn't have to have come at the beginning of the meal. You could call him in in the middle as well. Now, he needs to stay though. He needs to be there as long as till the meal is over and when you make that bracha. If he just shows up and leaves, he, because of social distancing, doesn't want to stay long, you won't be able to make the special Asher Bara Brocha. Um, now, one of the things that if you look in a Siddur for a Sheva Brochus, you say, Devai Haser, right? That's a, it's a Nusach in Aramaic. 
Vayaser Bacham Charon, Vagam Bagam Boz Bashir Aron. Um that is not said because you you're not saying all Sheva Brochas. But you do a very similar thing that you do by a bris milah, where you say no shimcha. I'm not sure, Moshe, you're here with us. I'm not sure by the Sfardim if you have these, uh, if you have these piyutim or not. We don't. We don't say that. Okay, but you've seen that, right? You've been by yes, our. Yes. Right? So what you should do is, if you are at one of these Corona Sheva Brachos, uh, if you're there, you do say no shimcha like a bris milah. And that is a psak, interestingly, from the Baal Kitzur Shulchan Aruch. And Rishlomo Zalman Arabach said, even if there's not Panam Chadoshas, whatever the situation is, it's still a special event. Um, the truth is, Rav um, Dunir points out, and, and I know with my um, son and with my daughter, um, they were very properly informed me and especially during Corona, one should realize there is no chiyuv that there needs to be a Sheva Brochus every night. Of course, it is a nice thing to do. Um, and clearly, uh, you're, you're, you are uplifting the spirits, but there is, as he, Rav Duner points out, ein chiyuv la'asas kol yom suda Sheva Brochus. So that's important to know as well. And these are the realistic uh, expectations during a time of uh, where you have to follow the health standards. Um, we're talking about the um, the halachos that uh, from the Dirshu Mishnah Bura. So the. Uh, In the halachas that we've been learning in the Mishnah Bura inside, uh, there's a case of um, a, a wife who is in her husband's house. Obviously, even though the, the one family, the family does the Erev. Um, if the husband does the Erev, Tavshilin, he doesn't need to say his wife's name. It's automatic. The same thing, of course, is true with children, even if you don't mention their names. However, let's say you have children who are already married and they're coming back to visit their parents or you've invited other guests. So either they make their own Erev Tavshilin or when the person makes the Erev, he needs to give that person a Kenyan in the Erev. He needs to, or we say that Erev is working for everybody here. Um, and if, he, if, if it turns out that the, the parents did not do this, then the, 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 the married daughter would have a problem cooking and baking on Yontif. Um, of course, let's say you have a maid who's Jewish. But she happens to cook for herself. She she cooks for the family, but she also is cooking uh, for herself. So she needs to make her own Erev. Uh, now, some say, however, that, that if she 
gets her food totally from from the owner of the house. So you assume that the owner has them in mind. They're like the owner's children. But the Chiddush here, I think, is a married child that comes back. A married child comes back. Don't automatically assume that they are part of your Eruv. One of the things that we are studying in the Mishnah Burim and the Shulchan Aruch, um, let's say somebody didn't do uh, the Eruv Tavshilim, and he tries to trick his way out of the Isur of cooking from Yontiv to Shabbos. What does he do? He cooks on Yontif, he cooks on Yontif, and we know it's for the sake of Shabbos. And he cooks a total separate dish. And he says, I never know, somebody might be coming up. I'm going to cook this separate kugel, this separate stew, in case people show up. Or he cooks in two separate containers, the exact same object. Um, now, in order to trick, what he does is he tastes a little bit of each one. As if, well, here's this goulash, let me taste the other goulash. So when it's such an obvious harama, where he's doing a bad job faking it, the Rabbanon, in order to keep people honest and doing the Eruv Tavshilin right, they say you cannot eat that other food, the Tavshil's Osir Bachila. And not only that, not even for the other people in the household, till Shabbos is over. Why is it that a trick is worse than we already learned before, that if you do it bemazed, you might be allowed to eat at least one dish? But if you do an obvious trick, everybody says you can't eat it on, on Shabbos. So the question that's raised a guy who does it blatantly bemazed, cooking outright on Yontif for Shabbos, will let him at least be the to eat one thing that he should go through Shabbos with something. But if a person tries to trick his way through it, and it's it's a it's an obvious phony, and it, we know that he's a faker, everybody says no, the person can't eat. Why are we more machmer? So the reason is obvious, really, if you think about it. When you do an Isser in a tricky way, most people think, oh, that's good. Um, and people are going to just take, uh, give them a, a, an inch, they'll take a mile. Also, other people will learn from him. So we're more machmer on the guy who tries to trick his way through than the person who brazenly goes against. And this is a, a, a lesson of how halacha works. We, of course, have been learning this Erevin, and one of the questions is, do you need to make a um, uh, an Erev Chatseros for Yontif or not? You could carry on Yontif. So the Shulchan Aruch holds... There is no din of Erev Chatseris for Yontif. And this is part of what we've learned before, that the whole Moloch of Haitzah is completely mutter on Yontif. The Ramah says that 
you still need to make an Erev Chatzeros. And the reason is, is because you might want to carry something that has no yontif purpose. Um, now, we know our minag is to make, like you see these matzahs here, and it says Erev Chatzeros. Our minag is, is to do it once a year. And it works for the whole year. So when you do that, based on the Ramah, you should say, I'm placing this for Shabbos and Yontif. Now, in the, in the Shulchan Aruch's time, not like the Ramah, they used to, in the, among the Sephardim and other places, they would make the, they would collect for the Erev every week. Every Erev Shabbos, they'd collect for the Erev. So let's say in that week there'd be a yontif coming up. So once again, they should mention when they're collecting for that week that it should include yontif as well. Um, let's say someone wants to be machmer and make two ervin. He wants to make the Eruv for the Shabbos that week. And Yontif that's coming up, he decides to place another Eruv. Since, he, according to many Shittas, he didn't really have to, you could do that, but because of Suffolk Brochos Lachakel, you would not make a Brocha on that Eruv. Now, as we've done, we started with... Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.